Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Um, this is episode 83 of the show. And yes, it's been a little while, but here we are. Um, I thought it was relevant that we um, touch on everything um, from 2023. So we touch on some stuff related to the show, uh, related to Hill Pursuit, and of course, related to just my specifically my um my race season and how things went for me in 2023 um i also touch on um of course looking ahead this is the time of year right looking ahead to 2024 and what that looks like for for me as an as an individual athlete and then of course where hill pursuit might be heading in 2024 so um thank you for listening this is episode 83 and um yes it has been you know maybe uh I believe about two months since our, our last episode, but looking ahead to 2024, that will absolutely be more consistent. So again, if you're listening, thank you. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me, you, you, you know, you can, you can find any and everything on the website, hillpursuit.com, but uh, my email is hillpursuit at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on any and all of the socials. The handle for that is at hillpursuit, pretty straightforward. So Find us there, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Send us some DMs. And also, if you if you are someone who um, is looking ahead to 2024 and you have some goals that you want to reach and you just kind of need that extra push, I do have some openings. Um, I don't have many, so please let me know ASAP. But I can accommodate a couple additional athletes who, you know, if you're a victory multi-sport athlete um, and you're listening to this and you would just like some strength and conditioning coaching, some one-on-one strength coaching, just to kind of supplement your endurance programming. That's what I'm here for. That's, that's the number one goal. So please, please um, reach out to me ASAP. If that's you, even if, if it's just for a couple more months before the season really gets into gear, let me know ASAP so that we can get things rolling at the start of the new year. 2024 has some, some pretty big plans for, for, I know for some of our listeners, of course, I have some as well myself. Um, and that's what today is really about, reflecting on 2023 and looking ahead to 2024. So thank you for listening. I hope you have a very happy, safe, and healthy new year. We are just going to dive right into it. Listen, it has been way too long. Uh, I was looking back at recent episodes. Jeez, it's almost, it's been two months, two months. I think uh, the last episode we did was with Ken. Uh, It was a California recap, uh, (laughs) which is wild because literally I think it's exactly two months to the day. So it's been way too long. This is episode 83 of the Hill Pursuit podcast. And I'll be completely honest in typical Hill Pursuit fashion. We are just going completely off the cuff here. Um, I had a couple people reach out and just kind of ask, you know, (laughs) where's the podcast? And also at the same time, um, you know, what's going on for next year? Um, How do we, you know, prepare and, and look ahead specifically for me, I guess what's going on and, you know, anything else that, uh, might be happening with team or or athletes or or any any of that stuff, I guess. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what's going on in 2024, but um, I think naturally this time of year is a really, you know, it's a very popular time that people, you know, kind of reflect on what they accomplished, um, reflect on goals that they had set, um, and you know just how that kind of impacts the the future. So I do want to just take, um, and this isn't going to be crazy long. I, I just, I want to get this out. It's on my mind and I want to share it. So um, I'd like to just reflect briefly on 2023 um, before we roll into any kind of discussion about 2024. Uh, if you can't tell, <laughs> if you can hear me, <laughs> my home is is essentially like a a disease nest right now so um i guess that's part of 
<clears throat> that's part of 2023 actually for me um man i think i was sick like we just talking about about this with my wife the other day i think i was sick like eight times in 2023 like way more than you know i had been in my adult life in the past um sure you know my oldest is in preschool and maybe she's bringing stuff home whatever but man i just i feel like i've been sick on and off and you know, like way more than <laughs> I should be for how healthy I try to be and how active I am. And, you know, um, I guess recently I've tried to get more sleep. Um, you know, we've made some small changes at home with how the kids are sleeping, I guess. And that should, that should help, I guess, long-term, but, um, yeah, sleep is just like super, super important. So I guess another big goal there, there it is. I'm jumping way ahead. 2024 is just emphasized sleep, I guess. But anyways, let's start back in 2023 and just kind of reflect on how things have gone. Um, so for me personally, I did a a bunch of races in 2023. One of the first ones I actually, the first one I did was I think the whole way back in January. It was a five mile race. Uh, if you're local to Pittsburgh area, it's called the, the Frigid Five Miler, which is actually a really, really tough five mile course to last like something like 0.8 miles or something ridiculous 0.6 miles whatever it is it's just like straight uphill straight uphill so you know I, I went into that um race really with no plan right it's January people are kind of just like just starting <laughs> their their training for whatever's coming up in the season or just even thinking about it um but what was really cool about that race is I met a lot of people from Victory Multisport for the first time at that race, which was awesome. Um, it wasn't the first time I met people from Victory, but that was the first time I like I got face to face with some of my own athletes um, and um, even some of the coaches almost for the first time, if I remember correctly. So that definitely stuck out as a big memory for me. Um, I didn't like race the, the actual race um, like crazy well or anything. It was like an eight. 10, 8, 15, um, pace, but I do remember coming into that final hill, um, like around an eight pace and then just slowing down so much, but still, still running, um, the hill, but man, that was a very challenging course. And actually, I'm, unfortunately I'm not racing it. Um, not racing it in 2024, but I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to 2024, but there's just too much going on right now. Um, in the next month or so. So uh, January 24, I'll be skipping that race, but it was a fun one. Of course it was freezing cold, right? It's called the frigid five miler, but also in January, I remember, um, I think I got Zwift for the first time, which was awesome. Um, if you're not someone who uses Zwift, it is worth it. I absolutely love it. Um, I use it for myself. I also use it to, um, I programs uh, workouts within Zwift um, for my athletes. So big, big fan of Zwift. Um, go get Zwift. <laughs> um, next in 2023, there was a 10 mile run in there. Took, um, some tiny little notes here. So I would remember some of the big stuff. There was a 10 mile run in later in February. Um, I think it's a course you can do five, 10, 15 or 20, I believe miles. Just uh, five mile loop around again if you're from Pittsburgh North Park Boat House um, that was a lot of fun um, again nothing crazy in terms of pacing uh, met more victory people I think I ran you know 810 whatever 815 again um, that's a really really fun loop and I actually run really well around that loop so that is a race or a series of races that I like to do um would love to get back out in 24. So hopefully that happens. But again, we'll talk about what I'm registered for, what I'm not, what I'm hoping happens later. <laughs> okay. This was a huge one, a big, big part of 2023 for me. Um, I learned a lot about my training, about uh, discipline, work ethic, um, <laughs> resilience, the four by four by 48. This was huge for me. Um, 
I was training, but I wasn't training specifically to run 48 miles and 48 hours necessarily. Right. Um, I was just kind of just training, regular training, um, triathlon training. But this was a challenge that I had, you know, I've known about for a while and, um, you know, popularized by and created by David Goggins, Goggins, whatever. And um, lots of people have done it or attempted it. And it honestly just seemed like something fun. And, you know, that's that might sound crazy to the to the casual listener and the or the regular exerciser. But um, it's a challenge, right? You run four miles every four hours on the on the nose um for 48 consecutive hours so you'd accumulate 48 hours over the course of sorry you accumulate 48 miles over the course of 48 hours so um i mean it's definitely a challenge it's certainly like it's like an i would i would almost call it an easy way and don't be mad at me for saying this i would almost call it like an easy way to dip your toes into like the ultra world um, without fully jumping in, um, the tough part, and there's a whole episode on this recap, the four by four by 48, but the tough part about it is (laughs) you have to take, you know, I think for me, it was somewhere between 44 and 50 minutes, somewhere like that, 45 and 50 minutes. I just kind of took it really, really slow, um, to run the four miles but then you have only three hours essentially to eat food, recover, um, maybe take a shower. And then depending on, you know, circadian rhythm and the time of day, maybe you're catching a nap, but um, you're never fully, you know, grabbing sleep. The, I think the most sleep I got in any interval was like 90 minutes you know, over the course of two days. And, you know, I'll be honest, when the sun was up, I didn't sleep at all because I wanted to maintain some normalcy. And of course I was still, I was still parenting and doing things around the house. And this is wild. I even went out to breakfast during the four by four by 48 because we had family visiting. How crazy is that? We had family visit, um, not really planned, but they visited during while I was doing the four by four by 48. And of course I was super annoyed at first, but um, Hey, it's family. And I didn't want to give up um, on that goal. So my uh, father-in-law actually ran a couple of the loops with me over the course of those two days. I think he ran, he ended up running like six total miles on three or four of the three or four of the time slots he ran with me, which was absolutely awesome. And a big help for me mentally. Um, he didn't run the whole four miles at all, but he did run with me four separate intervals. I believe it was four, which was, which was awesome. So, um, I learned a lot about, um, you know, just discipline and, and committing to something, getting it done and, you know, do just do hard stuff, you know, find something that's hard, um, get after it, stay consistent. And, um, that was a big, um, I would almost call it like a pivotal moment. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about my life, maybe my training life, I guess. Um, Because I still, I still like reference that experience, those 48 miles. I still reference that in my brain a lot when things are hard. I think, okay, well, I, I did run 48 miles on, you know, essentially little to no sleep um, while I was parenting and, while, um, while, um, I had company at my house, like, I, like I made it happen and I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I could have found an excuse to skip one or start two minutes later. I started every four mile interval at the exact second I was supposed to start it. Um, I didn't miss anything. I was never late. I didn't oversleep. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of anything, um, out of the ordinary. I, I just got it done. So, um, that was a great experience. And I would almost encourage people if you're just, if you're regularly training and you want a fun challenge, give that a shot because there's a lot of planning that goes into that in terms of the clothes that have to be ready. You need a headlamp at night. 
um, for me, it was snowing. Like I had to, I had to have everything ready to go. Now that I'm saying this, I actually, I took a lot of video during that experience, but I never fully like made the video, uh, like recap. So I, I actually will probably do that. And I'll, since it's coming up on a year in February or March that I've done that, I'll probably just try to have it posted, um, you know, a year, almost, uh, a year exactly after it was completed. So I guess look out for that over the course of, uh, the next month or so. But I think later that month I ran a half marathon and <laughs> it's so funny. I was actually talking to an athlete recently who's running a half marathon and he's completed a 70.3 and I've in you know, a handful of marathons, but he doesn't actually know his half marathon PR because, um, when you're in the endurance world, it's not like you, you know, you might train and run 13, 15, 17 miles, whatever, but, uh, actually racing a half marathon, you know, you don't really come by that a whole lot. So I didn't really know my half marathon PR. Um, I still don't really know it because I wasn't really training hard for it. It was, I I just kind of looked at it as something to do, but I did good. I, you know, I went after it. I think I ran like 148 or 149, which is nothing to, you know, to write home about, but, um, it's still a pretty nice clip for, for me as, you know, a little bit of a larger athlete, but, um, so I was pleased with that. And, um, you know, that, that was a nice, nice race to get under my belt. I hadn't really done, you know, um, a half, an open half in probably 10 years, which is hilarious. Um, summer comes around in 23 and I had plans to race, Penn State 70.3 and also Ohio 70.3, which let me say this, I would not advise <laughs> anybody do that. They were three weeks apart. Um, for me, I was okay doing it because both of those courses were, like are kind of like very special to me. Um, so I was okay with, you know, a quick recovery maintenance and getting right back after it, uh, you know, on the Ohio course after the Penn state course. But anyways, when summer came around, um, my family and I, we have a lake house out in Sandusky, ironically. So I run and I have been running and riding out there for years. And all of a sudden they put a 70.3 in Sandusky, Ohio. And it's like, okay, well I have to do this because I literally can, run to the start of this race like it's that close to where the lake house is so anyways summer comes around and i'm riding and running like crazy out there i think i've i think i rode that course like four times prior to the actual race maybe five um and that was a lot of fun i love riding out there it's super super flat but i got in some really great training over the summer which was a lot of fun and of course that's like a that's like a big thanks to my wife as well because whenever we're at the lake we never sleep well we have three daughters. It's never like convenient for us to be there, but I take my bike and I, I get riding super early and, you know, she'll handle the kids for the hour that I'm gone while they're awake. If I start, um, you know, start in the dark and then get home for breakfast, which is great. So great summer of training, long story short, great summer of training. All right, here we go. July comes around Penn state 70.3 and, um, this one's like super, I'd say super important to me, but, um, you know, I, I had high expectations. I was training pretty well. I was dealing with a little, um, hip injury, which is super ironic and I'll get to that, but I was dealing with a small hip injury going into Penn state. So I wasn't really, I would, I, I would say I wasn't quote training my run. Um, I was more so just like getting, trying to get volume in. I couldn't really train intensity or intervals or tempo or anything. I was just running because my hip was bothering me a little bit. And honestly, I don't even know why it was bothering me. Um, This was my, uh, my left hip was bothering me for whatever reason. And I, you know, I, I still am not sure it's completely fine now. And it was completely fine, you know, a few weeks after Penn state, but um. Penn State 70.3 was a fun race for me. Um, it, that place kind of feels like home to me. It's not my home. I'm, I grew up like 90 minutes to two hours um, uh, east of, of uh, Happy Valley. But 
Um, spent a lot of time there as a kid. Um, big fan of the, you know, the athletics and the town is beautiful. And, um, you know, now I have uh, one of my best friends from college lives there. So now I have even more reason to go back and, um, you know, kind of visit and hang out with him, whatever. Important race for me, special race, beautiful venue, all the stuff, all the stuff, right? Football stadium finish, all the stuff. Um, the swim was great. I came out of the swim at Penn State and I was like surprised at how well I did. Oh, also real quick, I did a full bike course like recon um, for the Penn State course, which was awesome. And it got a ton of um, attention on YouTube um because i had video and i also had um like voice over clips along with the video so if that's something if you're going to race penn state go find that on my youtube channel the hill pursuit youtube channel because that got a lot of attention it got a lot of um traction and i think it i think it went pretty well and and i think that recon helped a lot of people so if you're looking for that for the upcoming penn state race in july 24 go find it because it's the same bike course and everything. It's going to be um, very, very useful. Swim was good for me. I came out. I don't look at my watch when I'm in the water because I just try to stay in a groove. Came out, looked at my watch, pleasantly surprised. What sucked about Happy Valley, <laughs> uh, 70.3, is that the transition area, to get from transition to start the bike, it felt like we had to like jog like a quarter mile in our spike and like in our bike shoes um, through like muddy uh, grass to get to uh, the road. It was just ridiculous. So know that going in as well, because I doubt they're going to change it. There's really no other way to do it, but the transition area was garbage. I hated it. Um, I rode the bike course, obviously ahead of time. There's two big Hills. I was prepared for both of them. I did great. I, I calibrated my effort. Um, I was having a, you know, what I would say, like my perfect bike, I wasn't overdoing anything, um, uh, until <laughs> I was right around, I honestly forget, I think it was mile 50, maybe like 48, 49. And <clears throat> it had been raining during like the last 20 minutes of the bike course and the rain stopped, but some of the roads were, you know, still wet, obviously, but it's not like I'm flying, you know, over this course. I'm no like elite cyclist or anything by any means. But there were some rolling hills in the back, like eight, eight ish miles, um, some rolling hills on the back of the course. And it's tough because you're speeding up to pass somebody or you're climbing a hill, whatever. You carry some momentum over the hill and you couldn't, you can't always see um, what's on the other, you know, obviously you can't see what's on the other side of the hill when you're like making a pass or when you're carrying momentum. So I passed another athlete, um, and carried some speed. And then there was a, I mean, I would call the sharp turn. Of course, I'm partial to calling it a sharp turn because I crashed, um, pretty stinking hard, <laughs> um, around that turn. And ironically, I witnessed um, one other person crash. They got right back up. I did not. <laughs> I was laying almost like in the middle of the road, just praying that I someone wouldn't like crash onto me. I eventually, you know, of course I moved when I could, but I witnessed one other person crash. They got right back up. And then I also witnessed, and this was hilarious, and this person was fine. I witnessed another person instead of attempt to take the sharp turn when they were carrying too much speed, they just rode straight off of the course into like this farm field and then just toppled over slowly. It was hilarious. Other athletes were laughing. The person literally just popped right back up, chuckled themselves and they were like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Of course. Meanwhile, I'm literally laying on the side of the road and nobody's helping me, which is super annoying. But, um, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I crashed the bike super hard. I landed on my right side um, uh, and on my head. So um, I didn't feel it at the time. So I just kind of cruised the last like six to eight miles. Again, I forget where exactly, where exactly it happened, but it was close to 50. 
mile 50. I just kind of cruised in and then I started running. Um, and I realized quickly that my right side, so now my right hip was injured. Um, nothing serious, but I couldn't run. Like I, I basically couldn't run. Um, it was essentially like a, a jog shuffle, uh, paired with a walk when I, you know, my, my right side was just like destroyed. Um, arm was fine. Shoulder was fine. Head at the time felt okay, but I definitely got a headache. Of course you're dehydrated too. Got a headache a little more, um, intense than I, uh, thought was normal. So somehow, you know, I crossed the finish line. I wasn't going to miss that opportunity. And that, you know, the wife calls me stupid for doing that. But when you're in the race, you want to, you want to finish the race. You don't want to, um, find a reason to to not cross the line so I found a reason to cross the line and you know every race is different every single race is different and that's that's true about um Ohio when I talk about Ohio I have the same kind of vibes but that race was different for me and um it wasn't uh you know let's see how high I can place in the age group you know try to get a good percentile finish for someone like me it, it, it quickly became a different kind of race and it just turned into a race where, you know, you have to see what you can do when you're completely by yourself with no training to even really fall back on. I, it didn't matter how fit I was in that moment. I couldn't run. So my fitness, it didn't matter what my fitness was. So now I had to just mentally say, you know, this might be a very long half marathon, but just get the freaking work done. So, um, it became a different kind of race for me. I'm glad, I'm, I'm not glad I crashed, but I'm glad I had the moment of that race being challenging, um, and then finishing it. So that was important for me. Another big one in terms of 2023, but, um, and I guess just speaking to that point, one of the biggest lessons I learned from 2023, you know, the four by four by 48 and then Penn state 70.3 specifically, um, you know, I, I feel like triathlon and endurance sport, um, is about what you accomplish on your own by yourself. That may not be like the most popular opinion or take, and that's fine. That's fair. Um, it takes a village. I know that's a popular saying as well. And, you know, I, I believe that to a degree, you know, you, you surround yourself with people who support you, you have a coach who writes out your plan, who you can text weekly to make changes for you, to give you feedback, all this stuff. Yes, that person helps you. Yes, your support system helps you. But when you, when you jump in the water or when, you know, the race gun goes off, I mean, <laughs> there's no one else. It's just you. And um, sure, the plan was there. Sure, your spouse might drive you to and from something, you know, sure. Your kid might give you a high five when you're on the run course. That all means something. But I think one of the biggest takeaways uh, for me from 2023 is that you learn a lot about what you can do on your own in the sport of triathlon or just endurance sport. Um, and again, I say on your own, like you can train, 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 but then boom, you get injured in a race. Now you don't even have your own fitness, which your support system helped you with. You don't even have your own fitness to fall back on anymore. You just have to fall back on your, your own brain, your own mind, your own resiliency, like figure it out. And I had to do that a couple of times this year in the four by four by 48, uh, which of course was not easy. And then Penn state 70.3. So, and I think that's just like a huge metaphor for me. And I think it, it applies to a lot of people, whether they acknowledge it or not. Of course, again, you have your coach, you have your support system, but triathlon, when it comes down to it, it's an individual sport. You know, it's not basketball. I don't have, I, I can't just pass, pass the ball to somebody else, <laughs> you know, if I'm double teamed or whatever, you know what I mean? It's not, a, there's no team to really fall back on when you're racing the team environment and training. Boom. Love it. It's there. It's important to have. I'm blessed to have it uh, with Victory Multisport and, of course, Hill Pursuit. But when you're racing, 
the adversity you face is experienced by you. That's it. Uh, and that was a big one from big take home point for me from 2023. One of the biggest um, long story short, I got concussed after Penn state. Um, I didn't do much that following week to week and a half. Of course, three weeks later, I had Ohio 70.3, but I know that course like the back of my hand um, and from Penn state running or racing like a 645 to Ohio, I went sub six. Um, I was very, very pleased and very proud of that finish. I have five 70.3 finishes and that was my third under six hours. And again, back to this, you know, every race is different. That was my third race under six hours. And again, I hadn't really been able to train the run for a few weeks prior to Penn state, basically did no training in between Penn state and, um, Ohio. So, um, the run was much better. Uh, I was able to run most of it, which is great run shuffle instead of uh, shuffle walk <laughs> at Penn state after hurting myself. But, um, sub six was important to me just to kind of prove to myself that I could do it. Um, and I'm really, really excited about 2024 knowing, you know, that I'm going into the year injury free and, uh, I have some pretty big, uh, expectations, I guess, but I had a ton of family at the Ohio race. Again, we have the lake house that's right there. And it's just such an important, um, aspect of the race itself. Sure. I'm out there by myself, right. I just got done monologuing about that. Right. <laughs> but when you do see your family out there and you get the high five from your kid or your daughter or your wife or, you know, a friend or a brother, whatever, it helps, right? It helps. Again, you're experiencing the adversity. You're experiencing the effects of the day and the race yourself, and you're dealing with it yourself. But when you get that uh, feedback and that uh, encouragement, it's definitely important. And I would definitely encourage people to also look at races where they can get that encouragement look at races race locations where you know family or friends can be there for you uh, because it does help on the on the day of the race it does help big time um that's pretty much 2023 i did a, a local olympics um at mighty marine or at the mighty marine man at marine state park which it's essentially like a backyard race for me, which is awesome because I do a lot of training there. I'm only 10 minutes from there. Um, so to race there is always a ton of fun. Um, right after that race, that was August sometime. I got super sick. Again, I don't even know how many times I was sick in 23, but I got super sick after that race. And I honestly, it's almost January 24. And I've been coughing since the end of that race. Like, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i can't even explain it um i've been coughing since the end of that olympic uh triathlon anyways um i closed out the year with um <laughs> this is kind of funny that this is super random uh with a three-day water fast um why well i i don't even know if i really have a reason why it's probably the same reason that i did the four by four by 48 i just viewed it as a challenge um, it's not new at all. Right. But it, it just recently gained some popularity, um, with some, you know, some social media influencers, some other podcasters, people are talking about the benefits of the three day water fast. I wrote a blog on this after I finished it. So I encourage you to go back to the website, billpursuit.com, just check out the blog, but I completed it. It wasn't nearly as hard as I thought. And based on the benefits um, that again, these are not just hearsay benefits of autophagy and cell generation and regeneration. This is not just, it's not just like, um, you know, you know, it, it's not fake stuff, I, I guess it's, it's actual science. Um, it's been researched again, it's not new. It's been researched extensively. Um, it's just new in popularity. It's not new in concept at all. Fasting is not new. Um, but because it got recently popular, my brother-in-law and I did it together, which was also a big help. We could text each other and see how we're doing. So um, that was uh, a lot of fun. And I actually plan to do do that more frequently than just once a year. I'm actually planning to do it 
twice a year if I can. Um, just based on timing of things, I guess, twice a year, I think is, again, I'm looking into it a little bit more now that I've completed it. I'm getting a little more nerdy and sciencey with it. And looks like if you do this twice a year, um, there's some pretty big benefits. So check that blog out if you want to. That pretty much wraps up 2023. Actually, it fully does. <laughs> I have nothing else planned in the next two days <laughs> that would be worthy of it, including into a 2023 recap. So um, that's 2023. All right, looking ahead to 2024. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to dive right into the biggest, um, the biggest goal of 2024 is full Ironman Lake Placid uh, end of July already registered for it and um the intensity is there um i'm really hoping to perform well um i've completed one full iron man so far on my journey um within endurance sport and triathlon that was iron man maryland in 2021 that was really my first year in the sport I, I basically started right when COVID um, hit the world and I started, you know, training indoors on a, you know, an indoor trainer running outside, you know, all, all the things. Right. And um, I had planned for Eagle man that got canceled, but since I was ready, I deferred it to the following year of 20, whatever it was. I don't know. And since I, um, was ready for Eagle Man and then deferred it. I was extra ready for it. And then I just decided to kind of continue that training into a, the full distance, which I did. I'm really glad I did. But um, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I knew that if I had planned the race itself, not just the training, but if I planned the race strategy different, I could do better, like literally the next day. Now, in terms of physically the next day, that's not exactly what I meant. I just meant strategically speaking, if I were to attempt a full distance again, I knew I could at least attack the day more intelligently and probably get a better outcome. So I immediately was like hooked and I'm like, when can I do another one? Family's happening. Um, my girls are getting older. I have three girls now. Um, so the window, maybe people disagree with this, but the window of uh, opportunity for putting in the training for that is closing for me, at least this, this part of my life. So um, I wanted to complete another full distance before my oldest gets into school. Um, and she's starting school in August. Um, and then of course the family is growing and uh, the kids are still very small. So I viewed this as like my last, not last, but one of my, final opportunities to complete a full distance um i guess in this part of my life i don't know when the next part of my life is going to happen <laughs> but um, i'll definitely do more but it's not going to be for you know again a couple of years at least until we get settled in more of a routine with the kids and right now it's just hectic i mean listen to me i can't even i can't even dodge a cold for more than it what seems like an hour to, to maybe a week, whatever, um, because of these kids. Um, but, uh, I did want to attack another full distance. Um, so here we are, it's going to be in 2024 Lake Placid. What's great about that is there's a handful of victory multi-sport athletes racing Lake Placid, which is going to be super, super exciting. We're even making a family kind of vacation. We're taking a week. We're just going to spend some time in the area, get to know the city, um, see some stuff and, you know, really excited about that, um, as well. So it's going to be fun. Um, another big part of 2024 for me is, um, I'll be racing the Pittsburgh marathon, the full marathon. I haven't raced a full marathon. I didn't race a full marathon in 23. Um, and I really, really wanted to, but I, I, I just couldn't. I had plans to race Akron Marathon at the end of 2023, but because I was injured prior to Penn State, and then I injured the other side of my body during the race, I, I essentially couldn't train my run after um, Ohio. And I only had like two months before my planned 
um, marathon, Akron marathon in September. So I had to skip it. I, I mean, I, I couldn't train for it. So that was kind of a big bummer. And I also haven't raced Pittsburgh marathon in a few years. Um, and it's just beautiful. I love the city. So, um, I love the course. There's one Hill. If you plan for it, it's not bad at all. Everybody likes to complain about the Hill, but if you plan your race around it, it's, it's not bad. So I absolutely love, um, the challenge of marathon training. So that's how I'm going to start my season. Um, early January, I'm going to fall right into a marathon prep. Of course, I'll be maintaining and slightly building some try stuff, but focusing primarily on the run. That's, that's, um, the weakest. I mean, ironically, I've been doing it the longest, but it's still probably the weakest of the three disciplines for me. Um, as they pair together within the, the sport of triathlon, specifically a full distance. So I want my run to be very, very strong. I want to be very efficient on the run. I'm confident in my efficiency on the bike and my at least intelligence in approaching the bike. So if I have a stronger run, I'll feel very confident for Lake Placid. So I'm kind of forcing myself to prepare for that run a little bit better ahead of time with the marathon prep. So that's early May, Pittsburgh 26.2. Really excited about that one as well. Um, like I said, in 23, those early like February, March prep races, whether it's the 5, 10, 15, 20 mile race in February, I have plans to race that. I haven't registered for anything, but I would really, really like to race that. I'm not sure I'm free that weekend, so it's not a guarantee, but there is a race in March. It's a half marathon or a 30K, which is 186 miles and I'd really like to race the the 30k because it's about five to six weeks before um Pittsburgh Marathon. So it's actually really great timing in terms of a prep race. So I will likely be racing a 15 or 20 mile race in February and then a 30K in March as prep for uh Pittsburgh Marathon. Uh this is also really, really cool. In May, the local race um at Moraine State Park um, the race director is offering a really cool registration for the first time where you can register to race both the sprint triathlon on Saturday and the Olympic triathlon on Sunday, um, which I think is really, really neat. So I decided to do that. So I'm going to sprint and do a super fast triathlon on a Saturday in May. And then the next morning, um, I'm going to do a longer distance uh, Olympic in May. And the timing of that is also great because I'm heading back to a race that I love. The first 70.3 I ever did was Eagle Man in Cambridge, Maryland. It's just a beautiful city. It's a beautiful venue. I love the race. And some of my really good buddies that I train with over the course of the summer, Ray, Dick, and Phil are also all racing it, which is fantastic because I love to train with those guys. All three of those guys are <laughs> much better athletes than me. So I like to say that um, I uh, through osmosis, I get a little bit better when I train with them. <laughs> so I hope that's the case over the summer. And then we're all going to race Eagle Man together, which is super exciting. Um, I'm excited to see how they how they um, perform because they train really, really hard. They're great athletes. But anyways, Eagle Man is a great race. I love that race. It's super flat. And I'm hoping to put up a really, really fast time at Eagle Man, fast for me. Um, at Eagle Man. So that's exciting. That's early June. Um, I was considering doing the relay at Penn State um, because I feel like I have some unfinished business on the bike course. But to be honest, now that I'm talking about it, um, I probably just want to wait until I can attack that full course again by myself. And that um, that race, the Happy Valley 70.3 is only three weeks before Lake Placid. So, like I said before, I absolutely do not advise that you do that. So, I am not going to do the entire race. Absolutely not. I likely will not do the relay, but I did mention that I wanted to do the relay. Um, so, I'm still not sure, but it might just be too much for um, taking time off and stuff. And, you know, because I have Pittsburgh, I have Eagle Man, I have Lake Placid. You know, that's only three big races, I guess, but adding in the Penn State relay, that's just that's different than Mighty Moraine because 
you know, I have to travel for it. I have to have an overnight, you know, and, and I might just be asking too much. So I probably won't end up doing it, but um, of course, Lake Placid um, late July. And then <clears throat> ideally I would have a late season marathon because after I finished Ohio this year, which was mid late July, I kind of just felt bored. Um, I wanted to be training for something, but I couldn't because I was hurt enough that I couldn't really be training my run. So I might find a late mar a late season marathon, maybe like September or October um, in 24. So really only really three big races. I'll call all of, I'll call two of them a races. Lake Placid is AA for sure. Number one. Um, I want to, I want to do very well at Lake Placid. Um, Another A race is Pittsburgh Marathon. I want to race that very strong. I, I want to be very strong at Pittsburgh Marathon. We'll call Eagle Man a B race uh, because it's important to me, but the main goal is Placid, and I want to have a strong marathon. So Marathon, Placid, and then Eagle Man is the B race. All the Everything else, all that small local stuff, all C races, just kind of for fun, um, just to – compete with friends, see people, that kind of thing. But um, the, the, the big A race is Placid along with Pittsburgh Marathon. So those are the big goals in 2024. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, staying healthy is another big one, um, which uh, I would, I would, I wouldn't say I'm going out on a limb saying this, but if I, you know, it's not asking much to be a little healthier than I was in 23. I feel like I was just thick all the time. But um, another thing I'm thinking about with the, with the podcast itself, so give me some feedback is whether or not I should start bringing on guests. Um, obviously I just ripped this podcast completely by myself, which honestly, like I said, I kind of did on a whim anyways, but it's really difficult to link up with uh, Mitch and or Ken all the time. So I'm considering bringing on guests. So if you have some feedback related to that, send me an email, hillpursuit.gmail. DM me on the socials at hillpursuit. Just let me know your thoughts if if you think that'd be cool to, to listen to. Um, And then what are your goals? I guess I'll pose a question to you. What are your goals for um, 2024? What uh, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, And, and do you have something on the calendar? Because that can really, really help if you do. Um, for some people, some people like having the carrot, some people just are fine to train and whatever comes along, comes along. But, um, you know, if you needed that carrot, what, what races are you looking at? And I'd like to know also, you know, if I'm going to see any of you at these races. So reply, send me a DM, send me a message, email, whatever. Um, let me know what your plans are for 2024. Um, and of course, just thanks overall. You know, thanks to the listeners for supporting uh, the podcast, for for listening in. And I can also make a promise that the, the podcast will get more regular in 2024. I think we were off to a great start. And really just these last couple of months um, kind of got away from us in terms of uh, difficulty of getting together. But um, you can expect some consistency there as well, for sure. So thank you for listening and thank you for supporting. Of course, we're on all the socials. Recently, we just got onto um, Twitter or X. All the handles for social media are just at Hill Pursuit. So, you know, give us a follow, find us, send us messages, like what we're doing. We appreciate that. Of course, we're on YouTube as well. Um, I'm not throwing this on YouTube just because I'm by myself and uh, I don't have any fancy studios. So you're not just going to sit there and, and uh, watch a video of me. So sorry about that. But um, of course, the podcast itself also streams everywhere. Everywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Podbean, Apple, all that stuff, um, and we appreciate all of the, all of the listens, all of the the likes, the follows. Um, we really do appreciate it. If you'd like to reach out um, to me directly, hillpursuit at gmail .com. Um, I didn't really lead off with this, but I will say I do have some room. Um, if you're looking for some specific strength conditioning programming, or if you're looking for some endurance, either early season marathon prep, or if you're a triathlete looking for anything, um, shoot me a message. 
Um, I don't have a lot open, but I, you know, I, I can definitely accommodate if you have some needs or some questions, or if you'd like some, some guidance, some coaching at the start of the year. So please do let me know. Um, that's no problem at all. If, if, if you want to start that conversation, I'm happy to call you or, or figure that out. Um, but yeah, what, uh, you know, think about that. What do you want to accomplish in 2024? Let me know if you have anything specific on your mind, or if you're going to see, um, if you're going to see me at these races, let me know. And I'll definitely look for you. We can meet up, say hi. I, I love that. I appreciate that. That happened with, um, a new friend of mine, Rick, a friend of the show as well, um, at Ohio. So, um, I love when that happens. I really appreciate when that happens. So thank you to all of you who listen. I, I genuinely, genuinely hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, and I hope you have a great, safe and, and a happy new year. Um, this is a time of year where it's, it's a time to, you know, it's a time to think about our goals. Um, a lot of people, you know, we see the, the January one influx into the gyms, right. But that's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it's the time where people are making changes and I just encourage you to find somebody to keep you accountable. Um, it can be me, it can be somebody else, it can be a friend, it can be a spouse, whatever, but find someone to keep you accountable so that whatever goals that you do set for 2024, you stick to them. Um, because that's a, you know, it's very, very common to see these, these new behaviors and new lifestyle changes immediately. And then they just kind of fizzle out, you know, as early as like a week to two weeks to a month into the year. So set some big goals, find somebody or some, someone, a group to, to really keep you accountable to those goals. And, you know, let's attack 2024 together. So thank you so much for listening. This was episode 83 of the Hill Pursuit podcast. Our last episode in the year 2023. Have a happy new year and we will see you in 2024.